Welcome to the Fastest 5 Minutes. Thank you for joining us once again from your homes as we're all on lockdown or for the essential workforce, perhaps going to work and doing your best to stay safe. We continue to wish you nothing but good health and looking forward to things reopening and getting back to something that approaches more normalcy. We're going to continue our trend to focus on COVID-19 and its related impacts on the industry because that is top of mind right now, though we do look forward to getting back to a more regular mix of Fastest Five Minutes topics. With that, Peter, why don't I turn it over to you? Thank you, and good to be speaking to you today. I extend David's comments, and we extend our best wishes for health to all of you. The last week has been an interesting one, and and we've seen a lot of pivot from the -the in-the-moment crisis management type issues. Of course, that continues. But we've also started to see the first inklings of oversight, investigations, litigation, and companies are starting to ask about risk areas and what should they be doing to get ahead of that. And our thought for today is to talk a little bit about some of the the key topics and what we're seeing as best practices or common practices out there. And we'll, we'll go through really three different issues, and I'll start briefly on some of the orders that are coming out of states and cities and locales focused on quote-unquote reopening. And obviously, many of, of our listeners have not actually closed their essential businesses. It varies by state. But one thing to note is that these orders, which are often styled as reopening orders, contain a lot of really important information for businesses in terms of how to work, what is required, what's recommended, ranging from the number of people who can be in a certain space to who must provide masks to temperature checks to questions that have to be asked beforehand to cleaning that has to be done between shifts. So there is a lot there for businesses to focus on. Even if they never closed, it is redefining standard of care. It's adding additional pressure. So tracking those orders remains front and center, and then, of course, figuring out how to implement that regardless of whether you're manufacturing, technology, whatever it may be, understanding that to stay ahead of what we fully expect will be further investigation disputes focused on that standard of care. David, do you want to talk a little bit about, at a more granular basis, sort of some of the compliance and record-keeping tips that companies should be thinking about as this reopening or realignment or reconfiguration takes place? Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And this is something I've been advising clients, and I know a lot of us have been advising clients, and it boils down to this. Don't forget compliance and record keeping as you reopen. It's right and normal and natural to think about all this transition as Peter characterized reopening, right? But as we go through whatever that process is, to get focused on getting back to the next stage of the new normal. But this really is a good time to look back and make some sense about where you've been and how you got here, how your contract performance has changed, whether you applied for any stimulus. You've got to make time to go back and aggregate and maintain your documentation about the steps you took. And if you don't have it, if you didn't document, document it now. I mean, you can't backdate it, of course. The date has to reflect when you did the work. 
but this is the right time to think, okay, have we done this right? Have we sent the right messages? Is our customer in line with us? Have we communicated with them? And if you've applied for any stimulus funds, it makes sense to review and, or re-review and to continue to review even your eligibility because that guidance changes on a night-by-night -night basis. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of that in a little bit. If you find yourself in a situation where the guidance has changed or if your initial interpretation was a little less than where you might like it to be and with the fullness and the benefit of hindsight, then that's probably the time to reach out to one of us, right? Consult with your counsel to talk about whether you need to engage in any disclosure activities, any supplemental explanations about how we got here, and keep track. You know, you could, we've got to, there's no choice about this. You've got to keep track of the evolving guidance about these stimulus programs and invoicing requirements that we've heard about. Because, as we noted time and time again, they do change, and it can impact where you need to be. And as a, I guess, a baseline, this is more of a go-forward rather than a go-back-and-document, but a going-forward, given the prevalence of audits and investigations, and the government is coming out, including overnight, the SBA came out with yet another, we're auditing every single loan under Paycheck Protection Program above $2 million, for example all of these things on a rolling basis. It's normal and natural to want to handle these things internally, respond to the easy questions internally. I don't think we're being alarmist, and I'm sure Peter will correct me if I'm wrong, but just given our collective experience and certainly my experience in the government as an enforcement official, there's no such thing as a small audit in a situation like this, given the communication paths, given the internal coordination paths. Every outreach carries a potential government investigation and enforcement risk. And I don't say this to be alarmist. I say it to be factual. So consult with counsel. Just talk through your approaches. You don't want to inadvertently escalate something, especially because guidance changes so often. And just a little bit of time at the front end, maybe a little bit of outside counsel fees if you need to, can prevent something massively more expensive and time-consuming later on. Peter, you disagree with any of that? Anything to add? No, I think that's all exactly right. We often, at this moment, think in terms of how do you improve your narrative when you get that call, get that question, and whether it's internal documentation, clarifying to the government, updating what you said previously in light of new guidance. I think those are all important tools to keep in the toolkit before that next phase of litigation, investigations, oversight. David touched briefly on PPP. And what he said is really true for a wide variety of programs at the federal and state level that on an almost daily basis, there are new questions around eligibility, the standards are changing, what is being disclosed, what can be done with the funds, risks of double dipping. So if I get money from this bucket of funds, does it make me ineligible for the next bucket? It's hard enough when that's static, but it's dynamic. It's changing by the day. So that is a, a really important thing to, to keep focused on. And then, David, I think probably the most dynamic issue right now is 3610 invoicing and all the different guidance there. Do you want to touch on that? Because that's an area of ongoing focus and attention. Yes, absolutely. And just to recap very briefly, I'm sure you all know what this is. We've been talking about it, and it's front and center in everyone's mind. It's the way to get liquidity to the contractor workforce and get invoicing in for time spent in paid time off or to maintain ready state so basically we can get back to work. It is a wonderfully helpful program 
that was pushed out with initial guidance saying bill us now and that guidance continues to change in the latest changes there have been some questions about whether the paycheck protection program whose loans can be forgiven down the line if a company is eligible for paycheck protection program just eligible do they then have to not bill under 3610 that's been clarified it's only considered double dipping under dpc guidance when the loans have been actually forgiven down the road so what does that mean if you get it now you may have to pay some back later and that is sort of microcosm for the broader point everything is shifting the guidance is shifting whether you have to pay things back now or later may change over time so we have to keep monitoring another area of key concern is the confusion generated by dpc's expression of preference for overhead versus direct charging of this time the challenge of course is different agencies have different guidance and some agencies feel an awful lot like they're saying charge us direct but dpc says no we have a preference for overhead and talk to your aco about it but some contracting officers in different agencies are saying bill us now so there's a lot of confusion about how to handle this and it's creating a situation a dynamic where companies are either waiting until the dust settles and they know which way to go but at that point there may be some risk that funds might not be there to pay or others where companies have to make plain what they're billing for and why and why it's their good faith understanding and analysis of what qualifies that sets the record straight at the front end but also the continuing obligation to monitor this guidance and be ready to undo change pivot or do a true up at the end all of these are open questions they'll need to be answered but the purpose of the program remains the same to get liquidity to the marketplace we can take advantage of that you could take advantage of that we just need to understand the risks and the admin challenges going forward peter anything to add on 3610 or if not i think that probably brings us to the end and we can close out no i think david i, I think you've touched on it very very nicely and to our listeners i would suggest reaching out to david on 3610 if you've got questions around differences in terms of agency treatment he's got great tools for tracking this and has been working with a lot of different companies so david's a great resource for those types of tricky questions in terms of how agencies are dealing with things differently but david nothing to add do you want me to close out sure let me just say thank you obviously for the the nod but it's worth saying to you and everybody listening that we're really fortunate to have 60 government contracts lawyers and people all over different disciplines were paying attention to this so while i'm happy to be a resource i mean it, it, this isn't a one person deep task it's really hard and we're monitoring it day by day and we're happy to give you the benefit of all of that but with that no peter i think it makes sense to close out perfect well we extend our best wishes to our listeners if there's anything we can do feel free to reach out to david at 202-624-2627 or me at 202-624-2807 be well and that wraps it up for this edition thank you The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll and Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com/govconpodcast. <laughs>